Just tell us what we do Light them up, drink them down Whiskey and cigars all around Cheers, y'all Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, as the world-famous Smoking and Toasting. Welcome to show number 291, which puts us officially... That's that's actually I can't even say halfway to three hundred anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that's seven eighths. Yeah, yeah, seven eighths of the way to three hundred. Fifteen sixteenths, yeah. if you will. We're getting close, actually. Uh, well, welcome to the program. We're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. Ian Barry is my co-host. We have crazy. Keegan on the wheels of steel, uh, Adam in the cloud, and we are just great. Uh, we're excited to be here because it's going to be. Even though I hate it when people take the word Lollapalooza and assign it to other <laughs> are you, things. Are you about to Palooza this? I'm wondering if this might be a tequila Palooza. Nah, I don't like it. But we'll just <laughs> we'll just go with a tequila stravaganza. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Sunday was National Tequila Day. And we are still celebrating. And we're going to celebrate on the show today. We're going to be tasting a tequila. We're going to be talking tequila. We're going to be uh, uh, talking about the best tequila. And Ian and I have made some notes about our like personal favorites, but we've got a, a list from the best of uh, tequila. Lists the best tequila lists. for every occasion. We'll talk great tequila cocktails. And the really outrageous promotion that a zoo in Akron, Ohio is doing surrounding it. I'll just give you the name. Tequila and Tigers. I don't know if that sounds like it mixes very well, but got we'll, that all wrong. Well, I forget we'll that the strings are weird on this. We'll get to it. So, uh, so we'll be tasting tequila. We'll be tasting beer. In fact, uh, we'll be t- <laughs> we'll be tasting a very um, and I can't wait to show you the can on this. Uh, a very creatively named beer from Back Pew Brewing Company in Porter, Texas. It's called King of the Hellas, and it's got the King of the Hill guys. Oh, from nice. the TV I haven't show. seen that one. <laughs> uh, and it's a Hellas Lager, Texas-style Hellas Lager. Uh, we'll be tasting, uh, tasting rather, from Belching Beaver Brewery, their Hazer's Gonna Haze, Hazy IPA. Hazer's Gonna Haze. Hazer's Gonna Haze. And then haze, it's, haze, t- it's haze, we haze. do this pretty much every year. We'll now uh, be tasting the 2021 version of Goose Island Brewing Company's Bourbon County Stout. Nice. So, yeah, we, we try to taste it every year because that is that is one of the – that's the stout from which so many others came, it if you think about started it. It's a stout that kind of started the whole barrel-age barrel craze. Oh, that's right. And so even though, even though they're now owned by Anheuser-Busch, I just have a feeling that – the brewmaster protects and guards this particular portion of their brewery with his life. Like a little troll. You know what I mean? It's like if you guys want to mess up the uh, uh, the IPA and the uh, and the amber ale, fine. But you're not getting close to my Bourbon County Stout. You know that other series they do though, the like with the Sophie and the other ones. Mm-hmm. Those are those mm-hmm. are great beers. Those are yeah, and th- and those are the specialty beers. And I think yeah. even Anheuser Busch knows. That that's a very specialty market those appeal to, and they just can't afford to screw those up. If you haven't read, uh, all of you out there, if you haven't read Bourbon Barrel Stout and Selling Out. Oh, it's a great book. Man, it talks all about the first uh, brewery to sell out to major 
uh, if you're even, yeah, if you're even remotely interested in this in this topic, it's really really good. It really is a great book to it's read. A good read, it absolutely is. So we'll be tasting that, and of course we'll be tasting tequila, as I mentioned, Puro Verde Estate Bottled Organic Añejo Tequila, which is currently spinning on Mr. Twirly Gig and uh, and looking beautiful. It's organic. Yeah, I don't. I I, I would think almost all spirits would be organic, wouldn't you? I'm pretty sure that when you use the term organic that just means carbon based so yeah yeah I, i'm, pre I'm <laughs> I mean, pretty it's, sure it's become a catchword so you can charge yeah, a lot more to grocery that's, store that's, for oh, that's right these lemons are organic that's why they're five dollars a piece instead of 50 cents you know <laughs> that are also actually organic no i think so they so they mean it to be organically grown but i, I have a feeling that there's a little market um misconception going mm -hmm. on there or mm -hmm. slight of slight of fruit if you will i'm thinking you may be right <laughs> a slight of fruit i like that a slight of fruit uh we got some cigars to watch for we'll be telling you about uh charlotte uh a north carolina man wanted a cigar won the lottery so you can't tell me cigars don't do good things oh man yeah yeah and uh we'll also be um bringing you our our favorite uh, segment of the program which is drinking news our drinking news teaser headline for today. One U.S. state to rule them all. I bet you can't guess which state that is <laughs> in the context of drinking news, right? <laughs> so that's something to uh, to look forward to. A lot going on. I've had a busy week. I think uh, you have probably had a busy week. But I'm guessing that you have found time, my friend. Uh, to smoke something interesting. The older I get, the more I realize that I just got more stuff to do. Like, how does that keep happening? Uh, yeah, you would think <laughs> you would think it'd be the other way around. Like, the older you get, you got less to do, right? Like you think, yeah, it like, doesn't, well, you doesn't work that you, way. If you finish some part of your list, right, there'd be an end in sight. Yeah, no, but there, it's like everything isn't. you just finished from the top of the list just drops mm -hmm. to the bottom. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and I don't understand it. I really don't. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I understand that. <laughs> I, I sat on my uh, patio uh, this morning actually, and had a. There's there's something nice about waking up, having breakfast, and then going outside and having a cigar. Oh, I agree that's with a, you. That's an awesome way to start a it, day. It, it's a it's yeah. a lifestyle choice, and I'm 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 very happy You're a that fan. you make it. Yeah. I'm a fan. I absolutely. Am. Uh, so yeah, so I went outside <clears> and had a um, and had a, a cigar this morning. It was the uh, Alec and Bradley, oh, not Alec, Alec Bradley, and Bradley, Alec yes. and Bradley, his mm -hmm. sons. Love it. Um, the uh, gatekeeper. Mm. Now, this is a particular size. This came in a, a, a in a um, box that I got, uh, you know, like a presentation box, mm -hmm. um, and it had eight Alec Bradleys and Alec and Bradley cigars in there, and they were all in a particular size to this box. I don't think you can buy these cigars in this size outside of buying this oh, box. Oh, interesting. So they're so for that, the chunk box, only, and these yeah. are four and a quarter by sixty. Oh. So these are like uh, they're like the nubs, nubs yeah, size, yeah, yeah. nub size. So mm -hmm. like 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 a like like half of a half of a Churchill, basically. Right. I've noticed that it, it depends where you go. Like uh, I order online occasionally from Holt Cigar out mm -hmm. of uh, Philadelphia, and they have I've never seen these anywhere else. They have a whole Rocky Patel nub type uh, collection. Oh wow! That you can buy. It's all Rocky blends. Things that you're familiar with from Rocky's line. In that size. But in that size. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. So I hadn't seen these uh, in this size before. And uh, and I was at uh, Casa a couple weeks ago, and they had them on sale. 
so I picked them up. So that means uh, on the sale price, I got eight cigars. I spent about five, between five and six dollars a piece. Okay, I think right at six dollars. Not a piece. bad. So pretty good price for for these. Um, mm -hmm. So this was uh, they call it a robusto, but it's four and a four and a quarter by. Um, by 60 and they call it a chunk size so okay. if you see the package you see it say chunk on the bottom mm -hmm. that's the one i'm talking about uh, i had an ecuadorian habano wrapper uh nicaraguan binder nicaraguan dominican filler uh this is made in the dominican republic the appearance on this reddish brown smooth very few veins firm overall feel single band depicting medusa and then a little later when i pulled off that medusa band there's a, a band like literally underneath it like a skinnier band that said gatekeeper. So mm. I, I don't know if they were supposed to be in separate places or if they just put one over top of the other on purpose, but um, that's, <laughs> that's strange. The uh, pre-light sniff on this, like a sweet earth, light barnyard, uh, coffee, cinnamon, nutmeg kind of flavors going on. The pre-light draw, I used a punch, had a very light draw, nutty and sweet uh, with pepper, earth, coffee, and cinnamon. Had a lot, a lot of flavors yeah, going, a lot on. going on. Yeah. So uh, the initial light on this, Still don't have a song for it, but Nicaraguan Pepper Blast. Mm. Big, smoky smoke. I could do my Nicaraguan Pepper Blast <laughs> oh, song if you like. Help us all. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Um, <laughs> so uh, the... Um, Big smoky smoke coming out right off the right off the top. Tangy leather, cinnamon spices, dark chocolate, earth, all encapsulated within. People stop texting me. All encapsulated within <laughs> the big smoky smoke of Nicaraguan pepper blast. Are they are they texting you asking for my Nicaraguan pepper blast song? <laughs> no, Is that what they're doing? No, okay. no, no, they're not. <laughs> Just checking. Just checking. No. I'll I will let you know the minute someone asks. Okay, for that, please do. Please do for that version. Uh, uh so. Uh, so retro hair was peppery and sweet. Uh, the first third of this, once the pepper blast eases back, we get into the business of a cigar. Okay. Mm -hmm. Nuttiness is the buzzword for this portion of today's meeting. Tangy leather on the lips, cinnamon spices <laughs> are all clamoring to be heard. Sweet caramel and spicy milk chocolate appear to be in charge. Retrohale is peppery and leathery. Solid ash. Good burn. Nice. The second third of this nuttiness weaves its way throughout the other members of this meeting of flavors, accepting all of the notes and simultaneously keeping the pepper from becoming a little too rowdy. Spices take on a sweeter note and cinnamon is more pronounced, yet both are tempered by the deft management style of the nuttiness. Wow. Retrohale is nutty, <laughs> pepper, slightly sweet uh, and spicy, solid ash, good burn. The last third of this cigar, caramel and sweet spices, including nutmeg and a meaty broth kind of note, have some input uh, to give serious consideration with nuttiness managing direction and pepper keeping things solid and grounded. All voices are heard and acknowledged. In summary, this is a complex bouquet of flavors from beginning to end, all beautifully presented to the palate. Retrohale mm -hmm. is nutty, sweet pepper, and leather, solid <laughs> ash, good burn. The burn time on this, one hour. Really? Got a solid hour out of this. Nice. Uh, and for a four and a quarter inch cigar, that mm -hmm. was crazy. It burned slow. It burned really nice. Uh, price to quality, I paid about $6 per cigar. And it's, I'm, I'm giving this a solid six. It's very complex, very good. Nice. Delicious. And then, uh, you know, I threw in the whole business uh, uh, spin on it just for fun. So, and, and I like that, by the way. It was, it was, <laughs> it was very, very creative. Uh, very creative. See what happens uh, when I'm sitting by myself on yeah, my patio. That's like, right. Things get weird. <laughs> yes, I understand. Uh, so, let me uh, ask you this the size of that cigar again was four and a quarter by 60. Okay. So, we have one big similarity and one huge difference in the cigars that we smoked. Oh, this yeah. Week, uh, because uh, my cigar was also under five inches long. 
but the difference is mine was a 44 ring gauge. Oh, so okay. I smoked a, it, in fact, it's actually been quite a while since I smoked a cigar this size. And interestingly enough, uh, it was- Is that like a, per, a petite Corona? Yeah, it was yeah. all fours. It was 4.44 inches long. <laughs> Someone was going for a theme here. And a 44 ring gauge. Of course it was. Yeah. So remember the four. Because that will come back around in a moment, okay? Uh, back when the cigar came out, and this cigar, by the way, is the Ezra Zion Tantrum. So okay. back, back when the cigar came out, it actually wound up being the cigar of the year oh, wow. in the consensus list on Half Wheel. And if you remember Half Wheel, which is a really good cigar blog, oh, yeah. they do their own like editor's list of the cigars of the year, but they also do something called the consensus list, which is where they go out and they take... Every other best of the year cigar list that comes out, except probably ours. I think they ignore us. Uh, but but pretty much every They're other nice one. They're nice when we see them, though. <laughs> they are. Charlie Minato's a great guy. Yes. Uh, but but uh, anyway, they take all these lists and basically just kind of combine them. They look for the commonalities and the ones cigars that are showing up highly ranked in the various lists become the cigars that are ranked highly in the consensus list. There's a formula. I don't know exactly what it is, but that's how they basically say. So what that means is that the cigar scored really, really high on a number of lists that right, year right. to have made Cigar of the Year on the consensus list. That was on Half Wheel for 2013. It is a limited run cigar. So it came out 2013, and only 1,500 boxes of 28 cigars apiece were produced. So I found a stash of these. On the lower shelf in the humidor, it specs in Midtown. Nice. Like on right on the bottom. And to be honest, I didn't know anything about them being that limited. I just looked and said, I don't I haven't smoked this cigar before. This would be a good one to try for right, the shop. Right. So uh, so I got it. And by the way, there's still some of these available there, as well as I found a few online when I was looking around. Mm. Uh, so uh, they haven't disappeared just yet, if you're interested. The wrapper is a Criollo leaf. Uh, grown in Nicaragua, and the fact, in fact, all of the tobaccos used in this cigar were Nicaraguan. Uh, there is definitely some ligero leaf in this uh, blend too, because it it was it was pretty strong. Uh, there was a note of chocolate on the pre-light sniff and on the cold draw as well, along with a fruitiness. It was a little bit difficult for me to pin down the chocolate, uh, like as to what fruit it was. It right, just right, it right. just was was fruity. Just fruity. Um, uh, the chocolate was not this big earthy chocolate cake vibe like a Bella Artez by A.J. Fernandez. Instead, it was a more like uh, like a tighter, dry cocoa powder note uh, that that reminded me of when my mom used to make you know stuff with cocoa powder when right, I was a kid. Right. Um, the earthiness did show up once I got the cigar lit, though. Uh, there was some pepper, and overall the cigar seemed very full-bodied from the beginning, but not what I would call a Nicaraguan pepper blast. Um, but the earthy note was really interesting. In my experience, that note generally shows up a little more in lighter-bodied cigars than in than in really big, full ones. Uh, so I would say I def it definitely got my attention, and it held it uh, throughout the entire time that I smoked the Tantrum, the Ezra uh, Zion Tantrum was what the cigar was. The other prominent note was kind of a toastiness, like a toasted bread. Mm -hmm. uh, hints of citrus zest and a creamy vibe as well. The first third of the cigar was over like before I knew it. Like oh, wow. I was like, boom, 
first third gone. Um, the tantrum became a little bit creamier in the second third, and a pepper note snuck its way back in, especially on the retrohale. The ash was pretty impressive. It held together until I bumped it off at about the halfway point. Uh, not too flaky, very well formed. The creaminess continued into the final third with more pepper and a note of charred toast. Uh, and while the flavors didn't, didn't blend and weave together as well as they do in some of my favorite cigars, uh, they at least were still pretty interesting. Uh, the burn was good. The tantrum produced a nice volume of smoke. I liked the tang that it left on the palate from about the second, third till uh, I finally stopped smoking it. I guess I really only have one complaint about the tantrum, and that's the price. It's mm. a 9 to $10 cigar, Ooh. and it's pretty small. I took one picture of it that you'll see here where it's actually in my palm, and that gives you a sense. And I don't have giant hands. I you know, <laughs> have you know, pretty big other things, but my hands are relatively small. Uh, and, and anyway, the, uh, the, the cigar fits in the palm of my hand without spilling over at all. It's a, it's a very small cigar, so wow. that gives you a sense of how small it truly is. Nine to ten dollars may not be super premium, but it's definitely premium, especially for a cigar that small, yeah. though. And I guess I expected a little more at that price point. So while I enjoyed it, I probably wouldn't smoke it again based on the price. Not that I, I didn't enjoy it, but based on the price, like it didn't knock me out enough to make me feel like, okay, it was expensive, but it was worth it. You know what I mean? So, in keeping with the theme of four that I mentioned earlier. I'm going to give the Tantrum a 4.44 on the price-to-quality <laughs> scale. Uh, it was good, but at that price point, I want great, and it just seemed to miss that mark a little bit for me. Not not by a lot, but but again, I could have I could have I think of the cigars, the ten dollars cigars I could have smoked. I could I could have had one of those um, uh, uh, H. Upman uh, Nicaraguan uh, classic, the the A. J. Fernandez blend. That's that's so good. I could have had. There's a lot of cigars I could have had that I love for ten bucks. Yeah, and at that, I usually try to spend less than ten dollars for that size. Like I, I truly believe that like people that say size doesn't matter, they they smoke small cigars. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. You know? I think you're probably right. <laughs> it's not the size of the cigar; it's the way you smoke it. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's not exactly the. Uh, I don't know. What, uh, where, where are we? What are we doing? Uh, what are we doing? I don't know. I think I think we need to take a break and re, uh, re you know, like reconnoiter, reconfigure something. Uh, so let's do that. We take a break. We are, we are going to come back, and I'm very excited about uh, what we're going to talk about on the show because it is very tequila centric. It's very tequila oriented, and we are going to be tasting tequila as well as some King of the Hellas coming up in the next segment. <laughs> it's smoking and toasting. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. It is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Ian, when I, great when I heard about uh, what they were doing at the Akron Zoo when they were launching a program called Tequila and Tigers this weekend, um, uh, initially I thought that sounds like something that maybe that Joe Exotic guy from the uh, Tiger King would have been involved in, right? Because that was just... Crazy, crazy stuff. But apparently, um, tickets are very limited for this event, and it celebrates International Tiger Day. 
which is Friday the 29th and comes right after National Tequila Day, which was last Sunday. So they put this whole thing together. You basically go to the zoo. There's a trio of margarita tastings. Feed the tigers tequila? Chips and salsa. A tiger keeper does talks and a tiger training demonstration. Uh, full. This is what the article says, and I love this because... I was on the borderline about whether I wanted to go, and now this tipped me over. Yes, I want to go. <laughs> Full-sized drinks will be available for purchase. <laughs> they actually put they actually that in said there. that in the article. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, I just thought it was interesting. Te- uh, tequila and tigers. I-, I I hope that the the tiger Where's trainer going to be Akron, Ohio, the Akron, Akron Zoo. Ohio. Yeah. Uh, t- That's at brilliant. Least, I just hope that. Tequila, tr- the uh, tiger trainer is waiting until after <laughs> the training the session to enjoy his tequila. Uh, and and what would happen if you if you fed a tiger tequila? What do you do with a drunken huh. tiger? Well, uh, you know, I know people that like give beer to their dogs and stuff, and then laugh when the dogs get. Uh, I think it's cruel, but uh, it's uh, not. It's it's not a good thing. Not a good thing. So, but you might give tequila to tigers it might chill them out actually it may, might not be a, the most terrible idea in the world but uh, i just don't want to be anywhere near just in case that experiment goes wrong all right back to brewing which is uh from our uh neighborhood here the houston area they've got the king of the hellas uh hellas i can't Texas see style hellas lager. That is, well, is that is that uh visible there king thank you uh so you can see the king of the hill mike judge dun, style dun, 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 artwork what's that and, Man, I am just committing all kinds of uh, bribable stuff here today. I'm Um, assuming that the guys on the can are uh, like guys that work at the brewery. Well, you know they do that like adapted to no label, right? Yeah, yeah, they 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 do that no label. People from their uh, brewery on there all the time. But I just thought this was such a brilliant idea when I saw the can. I just had to try it, so I'm very excited about uh, about checking this out. Smells good. Oh yeah. I didn't even smell it all the way over here. This yeah, good. hit the nose like really mm-hmm, nicely. Mm-hmm. So this is a they call it a Texas style Hellas Lager, and I actually looked up because we were in here uh, uh, last week, the week before, and it was being referred to as Hells, and so I actually looked up how to pronounce H E L L E S in the context Hells. of a lager, and it ah, is Hellas Lager, Hellas. Uh, so the malty. Note on this right right off the bat. Mm, I like it, actually, on the nose. <laughs> I, I got to talk about this. <laughs> I went into a bar the other night, the Memorial Trails Ice House. Um, right there, kind of uh, mm-hmm. Westcott I-10 area, mm-hmm. just on the east side of town. I was in there, and I asked the lady behind the bar. She, she got a ton of beers, and the, the sign was going by, and she was kind of busy. I said, I hadn't had a chance to look at it. I like malty beers. She looks at me. She goes, "Got ah, some IPAs. We don't have any beer with malts or with malt." <laughs> I was like, "That's not even worth getting into." No, it? it really <laughs> isn't. You you know that's just going to be. I'll a have a com- summer pilsner. <laughs> you know, that's I have to see that one. conversation <laughs> that goes nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. We don't have any beer with malt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> okay. I was I was back at uh, Papacitos. <laughs> I was back at Papacitos last week complaining about their beer selection again. <laughs> yeah. I, and and by the way, if you are... Uh, I need to go in there uh, occasionally just to do that yeah, so that you're absolutely. not the only one. Just, and, and, and here's what you ask them. You go, when are you going to go back to having good beer selection? 
because they used to have a pretty good beer selection, and now they've got they've got some beer, some tolerable things, and they do have thank God Arcar IPA, so I can I can go there. But if you don't want that Arcar IPA, you are severely limited in your beer choices, and it did not used to be like that at Papacitos. They curtailed them during the pandemic. And kind of like airlines did with charging you for the luggage during a, a gas shortage 20 years back, ago, huh? they never went back to, to normalcy. So I complain every time. I think, you know, listen, if you don't complain, I do it nicely. I do it nicely. But if you don't complain, they never, I stopped they never hear up, from the customers. I stopped my truck with gas the other day. And the guy comes up to me with a big camera. Mm-hmm. He goes, hey, do you mind if I film you filling up with gas? I was like, I don't know why you'd want to do that. But <laughs> okay. And so I'm full of gas and I started a conversation with the guy. I'm like, so what's going on? What's the angle? He's like, oh, this is for Fox News. So I don't know if I was on the other night. Like local Fox News. Yeah, yeah. But but anyway, so he stood there. We chatted for a second and he filmed me like putting a gas thing in there. And uh, and I was like, so what's going on? He's like, oh, yeah, we're we're out here uh, uh, reporting on people running out of gas. I was like, why are people running out of gas? There's no shortage, right? He goes, yeah, well, he goes, (laughs) you can kind of tell that he. He realized how ridiculous this was as he said it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, well, you know, since gas is expensive, people are waiting too long to put gas in their car and they're running out of gas. Well, that sounds like a Fox News story, like, didn't it? I was like, that's your angle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did he prompt you at any time and go, look look more outraged? No, he didn't say anything. We actually had a nice conversation, but it was pretty funny. Like yeah. that moment where, as he was saying it, he realized how ridiculous I was. <laughs> was priceless. <laughs> I, I, I think they were looking to use you for like B-roll, so they needed you to look more outraged by the uh, by the uh, gas prices. You oh, gas prices. I am outraged yeah, by well, gas yeah, prices. But but you need to look more uh, outraged. So there you go. Uh, this uh, beer is actually quite good. It's fantastic. I, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, and maybe they should get some of this at the bar that you mentioned because it's definitely got malt in it. No, no, they don't have any beers with malt. That's what I'm saying. If they got like this, she's then they specifically would have told. It. Okay, so there's another thing that happened at the same bar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was my evening, right? So I go there, and uh, first off, they don't take cash at all. No cash. Okay. Like, they just, no cash. You don't do cash. Unless you're tipping them, and then they'll give you change. Oh, yeah. All right, so never gonna let's get beyond tip. that, okay? Yeah, yeah. So, so the next thing that happens, she's like, no cash. I said, okay, so I give her my card. She hands me my beer. I walk, this is no lie, I walk the distance from where I'm sitting to that door, which is double my one arm length right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i'm standing there and i come back over here after that beer is done i did this three times through the course of a couple hours right mm-hmm. okay maybe four anyway i'm right there i'm literally right there so i come back up i said i'd like to close my tab close my tab out says thank you i walk out I have to come back there because I realize they still have my card. Mm. So I walk up to the bar. It's a little crowded. And this other girl comes up to me. I said, I left my card here. And she goes, no. I said, what do you mean no? I left my card here. My card is here. You guys have my card. We don't keep cards. I I don't understand what you mean. I left my card here. Right? (laughs) So then she goes, she goes, well, hold on a minute. And she goes and talks to the other waitress that I actually mm-hmm. that you actually uh, waited on you. Yeah, the waitress handed her my card. She walks over and hands it to me. She goes, "We don't keep cards." I look at. It, I'm like, "You just handed me. This is not worth 
talking about, is it? Again. You just handed again, me your card. Again, we're talking about. And she's yeah. like, we don't keep cards. I said, you know, the whole time I was here, I was literally standing right here. Like, you could have given me my card back any time if that's the policy, but apparently you keep cards. <laughs> and I walked out. Anyway, <laughs> I probably won't be visiting that yeah, place it very often. doesn't sound like you'll be a they repeat customer. They don't have any beer with malt. Yeah, well. well they and they should, don't keep cards either. They should absolutely put this beer on tap uh, from Backview because this, this has malt. This is fantastic. And it's really quite good. In fact, maybe one of the better the smell lagers so that I've good. had in quite some you time. You know that smell when you walk into a brewery? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and <laughs> that's, that's what this beer smells so like. So let's show this. I don't know which camera is the best. I know you did this earlier. Earlier, but mm-hmm. just want to show this because this is really outstanding. Cool. And anybody that's got access to uh, Backview, I realize it might just be distributed in Texas. So um, there, okay, good, good. Oh, let's oh, he said, oh, he put, put it, it on, on Twirly Gig. There, put you go. it on Twirly well, Gig. Actually, before you do that, pour me a little more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> so no, uh, but this because of this beer, um, I think Backview may only be distributed in Texas. So this is one of those things. I will. Uh, I will take for our listeners who are in other states. I know a lot of you are. Uh, I will buy you a six pack of this and send it to you in exchange for a six pack from your state that I can't get here. Just anything, anything, anything good, you know, anything you like. I am always into beer exchange. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I will, I will, I will participate. Uh, beer but that's good. exchange. That's good, and that should be. That should be experienced by more people. It is. It is quite delicious. Backview has a few beers. They have their Seder Swill, which is their Bach, mm-hmm. which is quite good. We had them on the show, didn't we? No. No. We've had the beers. We've had some of the beers okay. on so, the show. So we need to get them on the show. I'm they, almost positive we've not had them on the show. Yeah, they, uh, I would probably remember that. They do some pretty good stuff. Although sometimes guys. on the show we drink, so maybe I wouldn't remember. I don't know. <laughs> that is absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely true. Um, all right. I'm I'm enjoying this, and I'm going to enjoy it during the break, and we're going to come back because when we do, we're going to get into this tequila list now, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, when I taste tequila, and, and we're going to talk about our own tequila list uh, because National Tequila Day was Sunday, and we are still celebrating. And we'll be back to do more of that. It's smoking and toasting. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I sneeze on beat. That's the way it works. Um, <laughs> right. You catch the break back. on your sneeze. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is uh, Smoking and Toasting. It's our program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And we just had a wonderful beer from Back Pew Brewing. These guys yeah, have good. scored some great points as far as I'm concerned. So, um, you know, the mm. King of the Hill guys are kind of immortalized on this can, even though I suspect, as uh, as Ian pointed out, that these are probably guys from the brewery as opposed to uh, the actual characters. Yeah, yeah. They look a little different than the actual characters. But another uh, interesting uh, celebrity-type person has been immortalized in their own craft beer. Cliff Burton, the late bassist for Metallica, has been honored with a new beer called Cliffamall IPA. It is uh, described as being hoppy, bold, and crushable. And uh, it is, uh, uh, you know, he uh, died in a bus crash in Sweden in 1986. He was only 24 years old. And his new uh, Burton-inspired beer is a team-up between Knucklebones Brewing, Burton's Estate, and Calicraft Brewing Company. Oh, yeah, now, you Calicraft, may remember yeah. Calicraft and, and Knucklebones, we had their ACDC beers, if you yeah. recall. And they were quite good. 
I was like, I wasn't on that episode. Yeah. Oh, but didn't I get but you, you some? Saved me some. I you saved are my you some. hero. Yeah. Did you ever really know that you're my hero? <laughs> they just don't go any further, and and we're all good. Just you stop the lyric right there, and we're all good. I don't need to be the wind between anybody's beneath anybody's. Uh, speaking voice. of lyrics, um, so I have these tasters, and taster is gonna taste, taste, yeah. taste, 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 and the hazer is gonna and haze, hazer is gonna haze. Yeah, haze, haze, uh, haze. It's, haze, a, it's haze. a very interesting concept for a beer, and and Belching Beaver is a very interesting brewery. They are pretty irreverent overall, but they do. Belching Beaver does that death tone. We're talking about uh, yeah, beers a, that, that are, are forbidden. That is a wonderful IPA, it, and that's a hazy as well. So it'll be interesting to see how this one differs from that. This is haze is going to haze, and it's from Belching Beaver, and we're passing it along here so we can all get a little taste, and we'll see what happens. Uh, when we when we take a shot at this, it looks very hazy, juicy, and I guess that makes sense. That's what you would expect. Getting a little citrus on the nose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had a big burst of um, of uh, nose when I first opened it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then it kind of tamped down, and now you got to kind of get your nose in it, don't you? Yeah, it's, it's got very it's a, fruity. It's a there's a little resiny pine cone mm-hmm. kind of. Uh, to the uh, to the nose as well. I pick up a little of that on the actual palate as well. This is a very bizarre IPA. Yeah, I, I will tell you right off the bat, I don't like it nearly as much as their Deftones IPA. I actually am going to go ahead and say I actively do not like this IPA. Yeah, it's it's got there. There's a and I don't know whether they're using what does it say what hops they're using. It says at the Beef we love hazy IPAs, so we decided to introduce a year-round hazy style full of juicy awesomeness. Hazy's gonna haze, 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 haze. I keep adding all the hazes. They don't actually add mm, that. But, it's not actually, on but the it's team. hard not yeah. to do that. That 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 that. Um, <laughs> and I think that you can probably shake it off. That's that's just what I'm that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So do your best. Yeah, yeah, that was I don't know what to say. I got a little tear in my eye. Um Haze is gonna haze will be a rotating hop series and showcase new hop combinations throughout the year. Same label, okay. different hop profiles. Okay. So, so that's what they're after. Then, so they're going for a this. series of beers. Um so we All can try this again hop, with, different with different hop, hop profiles. profiles. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. we we love craft beer and making new styles, what it's all about. We're fans of hazy IPAs. We hope Haze is gonna haze will make you uh fans too. I I don't like this beer. Like this. Yeah, there there's a, I think it's a hop that they're using that I'm, It's got a soapy reacting. kind of flavor to it to me. I don't know if I'm is it just me? Is uh Keegan's over there <laughs> nodding in agreement. It's 6.6. It does not say what hops they're using and that that actually is disappointing to me because um Pelton Beaver's a good brewery, and and oh, I love almost everything they when, make. They make that peanut butter one. They right, make but a, when Firestone Walker or a brewery like that does a rotating hop series, they tell you what hop they're using. Yeah, generally speaking, because I want to know because I think there's one of the hops they're using here that is responsible for this resiny taste that I don't that kind of ruins this for me. Yeah, I love a, hazy IPAs. The resiny thing isn't even that resiny, but there's like to me, there's a little soapy kind of flavor that. Yeah, I just not. I don't. I don't jive well, with. I will say this would be the first thing from Belching Beaver that I have not given a roaring 
endorsement too. Agreed, and I and I certainly will never hold this against Belgian Beaver. You can mm-hmm. make beers I don't like all day long as long as you keep making great beers. They're out of Oceanside, well. California. The boys from Belgium. Yeah, they make Belgian they make Beaver. killer killer beers. Yeah, they, they really do. And, and I would buy pretty much anything with their name on it just to try it at least. Mm-hmm. This is the first thing I think I've ever had from them that that I haven't uh, haven't enjoyed. Uh, I, I would give and and I'm the IPA guy. I'm inclined to like some IPAs that you won't. Yep. But I'm going to agree with you on this. This is not my favorite. Yeah, it's not. All right. As a matter of fact, right. it leaves it leaves something in my mouth that makes me want to go shave my tongue a little. Well, bit. Uh, you know what could probably work to uh, cure that? Tequila. Tequila. And we'll get into all that tequila stuff we were talking about, and we'll get into our bottle of Puro Verde uh, and Yeho Organic on Yeho. Don't or forget organic. to Don't say that organic, it's organic. Because yeah. you paid extra for yeah, that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we'll get into that coming up. It is Smoking and Toasting, and we will be right back, my friends. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. This is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. It's show number 291, and you are standing by with ukulele. 15 sixteenths of the way. Yeah, yeah. It is a good portion of the way to 300. Did you have something you wanted to play for us? Ah, very nice. Very nice. Yes, it is tequila time. But before we get to the tequila... I just want to tell you about this dude in Charlotte, North Carolina. He really, really wanted a cigar. You ever, you ever get to that place you're like you really, <laughs> really, really want a cigar, but but you're you don't have one with you. You're not at a place where you. So he stopped at the store to buy a cigar, and while he was there, he decided to play Powerball, and he walked out with a one million dollar winning lottery Woo! ticket. That that think about it, he wouldn't have bought. Good if for him, man. If he hadn't been craving a cigar. Good right? for him. According to the North Carolina Education Lottery, John Garenza uh, bought his $2 quick pick ticket at the Harris Teeter on South Tyron Street in Charlotte, North Carolina, matched numbers on five balls in Saturday's drawing, and won $1 million. He claimed his uh, prize last week at uh, lottery headquarters, and after federal and state taxes, he took home $710,101. After federal taxes, state taxes, local taxes, you actually owe them $45. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> no, man, good for him. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, like some people get real jealous when other people get uh, like that big windfall, but you know what? I do too. But yeah. you know what? Good for him. Yeah. He said he uh, is going to use some of his winnings to take a family vacation at the beach. Good for See, him. Sounds like a, a reasonably well balanced individual that isn't, you know, buying a Maserati today, you know, or something like that. You know what I mean? Oh, I love that you know sound. What that means. I love that sound. That so, sound. so let's talk tequila and let's talk the best tequilas for every occasion. Now, we're going to. Bring you some uh, tequilas from a list from GQ magazine, by the way. And, Talk tequilas uh, while drinking tequila. And then uh, Ian and I are both going to give you our own uh, just personal list of tequilas. Does it have kind of an kind of orangey kind of smell to it? Uh, the uh, tequila? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I pick up a little of that on the nose. A little, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, when you get it, when you get it real close to the nose, it, it it loses that. But like when I first popped the bottle, it has this like great like a orange orangey, peel, yeah, kind orange of peel, citrus, like, you know, like chocolate and orange peel sort mm-hmm. of uh, sort of vibe. Yeah. So, um, one unwritten rule of celebrity life these days seems to be: if you're famous, start a tequila brand. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> Sammy Hagar did it. George Clooney did it. Even Kendall Jenner and The Rock have done it. And uh, the list goes on and on. But um, the people from GQ magazine decided to poll bartenders, mixologists, and spirit industry veterans about what the best tequila for certain occasions would be. So I want to share some of this with you, and then we'll uh, we'll taste. Have you already tasted? I have not. Okay. I'm, uh, I was just going to put little stingers in there. like. Okay. All right, so best all-around tequilas. If you're going to be stuck on a desert island, what tequila would you bring with you? Uh, would it be a high-end sipper that you cradle like a firstborn, or would it be a perfectly balanced tequila for mixing with coconut milk that you source on your own stuff? You know, what, what would it be? So... Um, they asked experts to take a swing at it, and uh, one of them said they would take along the Grand Patron Burdeos tequila. It's a $500 bottle of tequila. So, I mean, it. I guess if you could have any tequila you wanted on your desert island, that wouldn't be... You know, wouldn't be a bad choice. For five hundred dollars, is a lot. Uh, another one said Fortaleza Still Strength Blanco tequila. That's about a sixty-five, a fifty-five dollar bottle. One of them said one, two, three tequila, a fifty-dollar uh, bottle. I don't know that one, and I don't either. And another one said, weighing in at sixty dollars, uh, Don Julio seventy Claro. Okay, something I've is, heard of. Yeah, which is their uh, their Cristalino uh, tequila. Siembra Valle's ancestral tequila at one hundred and thirty dollars, and Tequila Ocho Reposado twenty sixteen Puerta de Are. Uh, it is a forty-eight dollar tequila. So, so that's the least expensive one in that whole list. Kind of interesting. Uh, best tequilas for margarita, according to this list. Tequila Ocho Plata comes in at forty-seven dollars for a bottle. Don Julio Blanco tequila at fifty-seven dollars. Uh, Terramania Blanco tequila at thirty-eight dollars, cheapest one so far. And El Luchador, El Luchador organic blanco tequila, just like our organic. Gotta be tequila, organic. Uh, at fifty-five dollars. And then Heredura Blanco Tequila at $46. And then they have the best budget tequilas. Uh, Olmeca Altos. I have not had this. Uh, they show it listed as $26. Um, Espelon Blanco Tequila. Very good choice. Agreed. We've had Espelon before. Their Blanco is only $33. And the Lunazul uh, Blanco Tequila is only $25. El Jimador. $22 for the Blanco. Salsa Silver Tequila at $20. And at $24, Cazadores Silver Tequila. Now for the best splurge-worthy tequilas. Tears of Loronia. Extra Añejo Tequila. Uh, $272. It is... Uh, that'd be a very interesting one to try. G4 Extra Añejo at $120. Uh, Asombroso Grand Reserva Five Year Extra Añejo Tequila, one hundred and sixteen dollars. Uh, Fuentesca Reserva Extra Añejo Tequila, at one thousand one hundred dollars a bottle. What? I, I, I know, seriously, <laughs> seriously, and I was complaining about uh, some of my favorites being too expensive. And Roca Patron Reposado at eighty dollars. Roca Patron's line. Um, uses a 100% uh, Tohono production process. Uh, the uh, that 
part of the crushing of agave. Uh, and the Reposado expression, they say, is full of vanilla and oak with hints of spicy ginger, zesty citrus, and mouth-coating umami characteristics. There's the Arte Nom Añejo Tequila. And then there's a whole list of the best-looking tequila bottles, which I'm not even going to really go into because that doesn't matter because it's not the juice. Let's taste this one. That's very appropriate tequila music, by the way. National Tequila Day was Sunday. I think we may still be celebrating today because this this really is good on the nose. It is good on the nose. There's a very buttery and agave kind of mm. thing going on right right off the nose. Ooh, butter. Mm. Butter is happening. Butter, some spice, some pepper. Oh, and there is that little bit of like orange peel in the mm -hmm. background that I was smelling right, right when I popped open the bottle. Vanilla? Like kind of a citrusy, much vanilla, much butter. Mm -hmm. um, a little bit of pepper, too. A little, like, just a kiss right, to make right, it just, interesting. Right. It's not a pepper bomb, but no, there's definitely pepper there. It's not, and there's no herradura. Mm -hmm. that's, like, that's like all pepper, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. And salsa, same way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is good. This is really, really this good. This is creamy. Yes, that's yes, a good way to put it. It's got a creamy kind of mouthfeel to it. It's really, almost really looks like it should not be a, a, a clear yellow color, but should almost be like, you know, a more milky color. I've got to be of, honest. I kind of want like one small chip of ice in here. Mm. Like just to try it. I bet it's I bet it's outstanding just like that. It's great like this. Does it, what does this bottle cost? $44. Really? Yeah. I would have guessed this at double that just mm -hmm. after tasting mm -hmm. it. There's a little bit of a um, little bit of a uh, tequila hug that comes back. Yes, a little there bit is. Of that comes back. I kind of like that. Lets hug, you though. know, but it's a friendly hug, even if it is a little awkward. Because <laughs> yeah, kind of comes up behind you and sneaks up on mm -hmm. you. That is awkward. Mm. And it's oily too. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, glass. yeah. I, I dig this. This will be. This may oh. become a regular uh, rotation tequila for me. What? There's almost a cookie batter kind of thing going on on the retro hail on this. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Mm -hmm. We just take a sip and then gently just breathe out mouth it's, and nose. It's that vanilla, I think, is Yeah, that vanilla is really doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of vanilla. This is really in, good. In the best possible way. This, you, know, the, you know what this is? This is a friends come over, you break it out early in the evening, and you just keep sipping yeah. type of tequila. You know, because it's not something you have to drink fast, but it's something you can drink over time continuously that will totally work. It's totally working right now. I dig this. <laughs> Very good tequila. And, you know, the last couple of tequilas that we've had on the show, I just thought were OK. Like they 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 didn't they didn't light me up the way this one does. I hope you didn't mind my uh, mood underscore during. Your no, I, in fact, there, I, I, I not only appreciated it, but I I. You you brought me to the place where I don't know how I could do a tequila story without that in the future. <laughs> I, I am interested to hear. I, I you know texted you earlier the week and said, "Hey, we're going to do tequila um, on on the show. Let's make a list of our personal favorites and and share it." And there's no structure to this, so we didn't have to necessarily do the same categories. But I'm curious what you came up with for I mean, your categories favorite tequila. I, you just said tequila. Well, you make the list any way you want. I, I, I put mine in categories uh, so, just because that helps me. So to, I, I was thinking about that. And I thought to myself, like, you know, almost every bit of good tequila I've ever tried has been with you. So my list is just going to be your list. No, I'm just mm -hmm. I'm not, I didn't do that to you. <laughs> um, that would be okay, but. Uh, um, um, that makes, it makes for a sucky show, doesn't yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, not as entertaining, perhaps. 
So I actually just put together a list of some of my favorites. And, and I'm, some I'm betting them, you and I are going to have a lot of the same things on Yeah, list. some of yeah. them are just going to be uh, – also because there's there's the uh, the time surrounding it, too, the experience right. of it, you know? Uh, so top of the list, I'm just going to start from the top, top of the list, and I'm just going to talk a little bit about memories. The Reserva de Familia, uh, you talked about it when we mm -hmm. first met. You talked about it a bit, but I hadn't tried it. The first time I ever tried it, we were at um, at the uh, uh, B&B. Mm -hmm. And he gave us all uh, some of the reserve different. Yeah, changed my life on tequila. Oh, like I totally. had tried some pretty good tequilas, but that is a game changer. That it is really is unreal mm -hmm. how good that tequila is. Um, and if if you've if you've never sat and found a tequila that you really enjoyed sipping on, mm -hmm. you have never had this tequila. Right. That's absolutely right. You know, I mean, that's just, it's just, just no way. I can't believe it. This was my first real introduction to the whole concept of sipping tequila. Yeah. And you told me your story about mm -hmm. how uh, you got your bottle. And I, it's, it, and I love that. I love the story behind it, too. The story has a lot to do with it. Yeah. It really does. And, and it, and it uh, just, it was what kind of inducted me into the whole world of tequila as a, not just a, a thing that you, you know, like drink to get drunk, or 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 that you shoot with your right, buddies, right? Uh, but something that you sip and savor and, so and get get the the life out of. In you my twenties, mm -hmm. which was further back than I like to actually admit. Yeah. Uh, in my twenties, I I thought tequila sucked, mm -hmm. and there's a reason I thought tequila sucked is because that's the way we always had tequila. I was introduced to tequila with a salt and a lime. Um, and and crap tequila, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, just crap tequila. You know, you all know the one. There's yeah, a song sure. about it. There's there's all kinds of stuff. <laughs> well, I can assure you that crap in both of the lists that you and I have prepared for here today, that no limes or salt were injured. That's in the exactly making of right. these lists. So the yeah. first tequila I ever had mm -hmm. that I thought was fantastic, I was playing in a blues Beatles and oldies band. Um called Dr. Jeff and the Painkillers. Jeff Wells, was a, he owned a sound art studio here mm -hmm, in town. Got mm -hmm. some gold records on the wall, kind of stuff like that. Um, and uh, and I was playing bass in that band. And, uh, and the drummer is a fan of tequila. And one night we were sitting there chatting. And I was telling him how much I just didn't like tequila. Because <laughs> now he got to try something decent. And he turned me on to my first actual real tequila that didn't suck and sat and sipped it with me. It was the Padron Añejo. The Padron Añejo is a very good tequila. It is a very good tequila. A I have a bottle of it at my house. Like so that's that's my standard for a good tequila at the house. I don't have a bottle of it currently, but I will tell you that I was going through some stuff in my bar about a month ago and discovered that I had a bottle of Padron Añejo tequila that was, you know, maybe maybe had two pours left in it. Right. That was a wonderful night. It was only two pours, but that tequila is so good. <laughs> it is it's great. It's so good. It's so good. It is, yeah. And so that's a good one. Um, uh, one that you introduced me to, mm -hmm. that Skelly Añejo. Yes, sir. Is so good and it is. so expensive now. I know. Unfortunately, but, mm -hmm. like I thought about that in the list and I was like, but it's so good. It's it so really good. is yep, amazing. Yep. Mm -hmm. The Milagro uh, Reposado, mm -hmm, there's one mm -hmm. on there. And I don't know why the Reposado 
more than the Añejo, but the Reposado has just a something in there. You know, it just some some brands is just yeah, it's just, just a something yeah. in there. The bottle's cool, great, yes, uh, yeah, we, it's a great time. Uh, one that um, when we did our blind whiskey or blind tequila taste test, that really stood out to me was the Casa Noble. Casa Noble is great. Yeah, that. Really great. So that's my list of favoritists. Now I got mm-hmm. a couple honorable mentions in there, okay. and that's going to be the Teamo. Mm-hmm. Um, the Teamo is just a great baseline mm-hmm. um, if you're going to make margaritas, I think, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then the El Himidor. El Himidor. El Himidor. Just their their whole line is pretty solid. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you can't go wrong with it. And when you're stuck At out, any price point. Yeah. When you're stuck out in the middle of nowhere and there's just a tiny liquor store, they're going to have that one. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, accessibility. The accessibility of El Himidor and the fact that it is a good price point and it is, um, and it is a good you know tequila mm-hmm. overall so absolutely. you know absolutely well i put mine into categories so i'll start with um uh best inexpensive tequila for margaritas and uh, here i went with the alamo reposado yeah, i can yeah. get the big bottle not the 750 mil but the big the bottle. combat bottle yeah. is what i like to call it <laughs> the, the, the combat bottle <laughs> for less than combat. 40 dollars yeah I mean, yeah. and the and the it's delicious. That tequila is good enough. That reposado yeah, is good enough itself, yeah. that you could sip it by itself and be very very happy with it. In margaritas, it's just fantastic, and the fact you can get it at that price makes it my best inexpensive. You may have actually turned me onto that one. Margarita, I think I, I, think actually, I probably did. Yeah. So what happened with me for that was there was this period of time. It was about a, I don't know, about a year long, where uh, the specs that I like to go to in Midtown had these promotional boxes of uh of El Amo um Añejo and they were very reasonably priced and they came with like a free little extra small bottle of the Reposado. Mm. So I bought several of those just cuz the price was so good and I really liked the uh, Añejo mm-hmm. and then with the uh, little bottles of Reposado I made uh, margaritas one night. And I was like, this is good. That's when I went back and started buying the big bottles of that Reposado. And, yes, I will take some more. Why, thank you, sir. You're so kind to, uh, How did you know? to think of me. Uh, best Blanco tequila for my list. I actually uh, had a tie. Uh, a tie for me between uh, the Patron Silver, which comes in at about 40 to $45 for a bottle, and the uh, Lalo Tequila Blanco at forty five dollars. We, we had, tried that. We had here. the Lalo we recently. I really that, like yeah, yeah. that. It's it's very agave forward, mm-hmm. but I really like it's. It's got this such a clean and fresh taste about it, and I bet it would be great for margaritas. I didn't choose it as my margarita uh, tequila because it's the same price or even a little more than the big bottle the of El Amo. Uh, but but it is a good Blanco tequila. Very good. Best añejo under one hundred dollars, even Damn. if just barely. Is the uh, Skelly onion yeah, that you mentioned? Skelly. It has tripled in price, but That's, you know what? It's still awesome. Like, yeah, uh, it's just such a good, good tequila, and uh, I find myself looking at it longingly on the shelf, wishing it wasn't, wishing it had ninety dollars pro- price exactly. Um, best inexpensive añejo. This, ladies and gentlemen, if you take nothing else away from today's show, take this away. Espalone on Yeho Tequila. Espalone almost made my list too. I just didn't think about it. Thirty-two dollars. Yeah. For the on That's like uh, I mean, buy it now before it goes up. I mean, and it's a 
good tequila too. It it will hold its own with tequilas at twice its price range. I'm just saying. Get the Añejo. It is definitely worth it. And then for me to close out my list, the best tequila I've ever tasted. And in fairness, a lot of those that were on the ultra premium side of the list that we shared with you from GQ, I have not tasted. I hope to one day. I don't know if I can buy the $1,000 bottle. I just, <laughs> you know, I'm going to feel kind of like a fool uh, if I buy it and it's not better than the best tequila I've ever tasted, uh, which currently goes for between $150 and $175 a bottle, depending on where you buy it. And Ian mentioned this earlier, the Jose Cuervo Reserva de la Familia. Yep. It is just an absolutely, it's it's a life-changing beverage where tequila is concerned. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is, this is uh, you know, Ian mentioned my story. I got invited to a tequila tasting that Jose Cuervo put on. And so they had their Jose Cuervo Gold was one of the tastes, which I'm not a fan of, by the way. They had their 1800, which not really a fan of. And they had the Reserva de la Familia. And I went, wow. How yeah. do I how do I get some of this? And uh, it was it was not as expensive at the time. Everything's gone up since then. But that was what started me down the path of sipping spirits, to be honest with you. And then and then came rums and and whiskeys and other tequilas and spirits that you sip as opposed to throw back. And that's when I really started to enjoy this whole hobby of uh, of uh, of uh, spirits it it becomes a whole different thing you know well you couldn't tell 20 year old me to stop and taste the spirit right you know you can tell 20 yes. year old you can tell 20 year old me pretty much anything because <laughs> i at that point in time knew everything i needed to know yeah you know what i'm saying yes, yeah yes, yes. but uh i Until wish you figured out that you did yeah exactly <laughs> that's exactly right you know uh sean anger was our uh guest on last week's show from fox and seeker and he's he so fun left behind some of that uh uh, some of that uh, uh, bourbon that, that, yeah. that we, and I, I just had some of it last night and it reminded me of this whole concept of just the sipping and the enjoying yeah. of a great spirit. That is, that is a wonderful, wonderful whiskey. And it's just, you know, to be able to just sit and enjoy it. I, um, I was uh, literally sitting at home watching big brother on TV but sipping that whiskey somehow made the goofiness of Big Brother like elevated it to another whole uh, another whole level. Uh, um, by the way, I like the nerdy guy. He's the one I want to win this year. The nerdy guy. Uh, he's the one I'm rooting for. So there's my tequila list. I, I don't know. You know, uh, to me though, there's a lot of these tequilas on this list I have not tasted, and part of it, I'll be honest with you, is is based on price. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. I really want, uh, like, I really want to buy the really expensive bottle of Codigo, but I think it's around four hundred dollars. Like, it's like, what if it's, I buy it's it and it's not as that, good as Reserva de la Familia, yeah. right? And then I'll feel like I paid, you know, or what if three it's times only too much. as good, right? And then you feel like you paid three times as much for yeah, something only as good. <laughs> so this is where right, so this is where I'm hoping. Now our our good friend Chris Hart, who is our whiskey uh, expert that we depend on on the show, and he does the whiskey neat show, and and he's involved in the uh, whiskey social. They're planning on an event this fall here in our town of Houston that's going to be called the Agave Social. Mm -hmm. And what I am hoping against hope 
is that at the Agave Social, that there'll be the opportunity to actually taste some of these right. expensive tequilas. Because I'll tell you, I would buy them. I would save my money and buy a $250 or a $400 bottle of tequila if I felt like it was worth it. Well, so, and that's why, like, these these events are so worth the price. If you pay $100 or even $150 mm-hmm. to get into the door, depending on what ticket level you buy, mm-hmm. you have to understand that, like, if you walked into a tequila bar and tried 10 tequilas. Oh, yeah. You're spending way more than that. Uh, way more yeah. than that. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, uh, if, unless you're trying low-end tequilas, they're going to be more than $10 per Right. Per, uh, unless you're trying well shock. tequila. And even then, it depends where you're buying the well depending, tequila. Yeah, depending on how yeah. nice the place is mm-hmm. and what neighborhood you're in. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, just consider that. Like, you get to try. When you go into the whiskey social, you get to try. It's There's hundreds of samples there to try. Mm-hmm. You and, can't try them all. And you will not be able to. I have come out of the whiskey social with new favorites. Oh, yes. You know, things that I've added to my personal list of of things that i want to buy and and keep in stock in my home bar and i'm such a fan of the agave spirits so and obviously it's not going to be just tequila at this uh, event but it's going to be tequila and mezcal and satol and other agave spirits but i'm such a fan of these spirits that i i cannot wait to be in that sort of yeah. environment i think it's going to be so cool that's and so then, fun and then of course hopefully they'll do it with rum too yeah uh, uh, and fun. and we will find out once and, you and for all. You made me a fan of rum. I was not a fan of rum when if, we started. This if show. they do the rum event, you and I will find out once and for all the definitive answer to what do what, you do? What do you do with a drunken sailor? With a drunken sailor. Yeah, I think someone needs to answer that or question. Or a drunken smoking dozen host. <laughs> and uh, and there's plenty of that to go around. Bring a wheelbarrow. Uh, we take a break. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, the segment of the program that has achieved international fame. I think I can say that and not even feel like I'm exaggerating. Drinking news is coming up next on Smokin' and Toastin'. Oh, and and Bourbon County Stout, by the way, is coming up as well. So do not go far. It's Smokin' and Toastin'. We will be right back. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. This is the program that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And uh, I want to say a huge special thanks to Keegan, who has taken over behind the, uh, what I call the wheels of steel for us here, who has just really done an exceptional job and and is uh, is kind of rescuing us here. Uh, But I I didn't mention this to him. He was so prepared last time uh, in the last show, which was the first one that he uh, engineered for us, that when we went into drinking news, he had Chris Morris's drinking news song standing by uh, to to play. So I just wanted to mention today we'll do Ian's live performance of the drinking news theme song, and uh, and <laughs> we'll uh, uh, we'll look forward to hearing it because it's uh, quite frankly it's one of my favorite parts of the program. I'll just be completely and totally honest with you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, our incredibly popular segment here on Smoking Toasting. It's time for Drinking News. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for Drinking News. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for Drinking News. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. 
Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> drinking news and tequila go together great. <laughs> they just really do. Agreed. <laughs> mm. Mm. All right. Ah, the United States of America. No matter what your political beliefs, chances are you probably agree that the U.S. is, in fact, the greatest nation on Earth. I mean, sure, we got our problems, but so does everybody. And at the core of our Constitution is the belief that all 50 states, no matter how different they may be from each other, are equally special and equally important. Some states are rich with oil and other natural resources. Others are hubs for technology and science. Some house the companies and the artists that produce some of the world's greatest entertainment, like movies or music. But when it comes to the people, some states seem to stand taller than others, at least when it comes to their contributions to drinking news. A Florida woman got herself in some trouble last week for reportedly running around outside a Publix grocery store with a pitchfork and a black whip, both of which she seemed convinced would help Hot. would help her in her quest to sell, wait for it, teddy bears. Because naturally... Now it's time for <laughs> Because naturally, when you think of teddy bears... You immediately think of a crazy Florida woman with a pitchfork that? and a that? black whip. What was that movie where the the uh, the, the advertising firm was run out of the um, <laughs> out of the loony bin? What what movie was that? I remember, it was like back in the eighties. Are you talking about a Clockwork Orange? No, <laughs> no it was, <laughs> was kind of like that. Clockwork Orange was kind of like that. Uh, yeah. Um, well, police arrested 56-year-old Lisa Ann Stone at the Publix on North Hancock Road Hot. in Claremont, Florida. And according to an arrest report, a state trooper saw the woman prancing about while yelling and waving the pitchfork and the whip outside the grocery store's main entrance and handcuffed her after she refused to stop. The trooper spoke with the store manager, who said that Sloan was reportedly trying to sell teddy bears behind the store. Because that's where you'd sell teddy bears, is behind a grocery <laughs> store next to the uh, dumpsters and the... Uh, hey, buddy. Yeah, exactly. You, you got any teddy bear? And at some point, she started to yell and run around with the pitchfork and the whip. And then she used the pitchfork to stab... <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. Did you need to... What the... What's the... Before you even get to what she stabbed with, what the hell is the thought process of? I need to get people's attention. Yeah. I have this here whip. And I have this here pitchfork. And I have this here pitchfork. Yeah. All right. Good enough. <laughs> it's a go. It's a go. I would seriously uh, walk around with a WTF thought bubble above my exactly. head. Exactly. If and those you, were a thing. And it would be well deserved. <laughs> so at some point, she started to yell and run around with the pitchfork and the whip. And then... She used the pitchfork to stab a man's minivan, <laughs> causing puncture damage. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> a trooper uh, wrote in the report that he ordered Sloan to drop the pitchfork, but she refused and walked away. She was then taken into custody by force and placed in the back of a patrol car, where she what? was then somehow able to unbuckle her seatbelt and proceeded to kick at the rear window, prompting troopers to have her feet placed into a hobble. 
That's where they, you know, basically like kind of chain your your hands and your feet, right? The trooper said the woman appeared the woman appeared to be, and I'm quoting here, highly intoxicated on some sort of stimulant drug. You think? Oh my god! Her uh, face also appeared covered with cuts and bruises, although there was no explanation of how she got them. Now you may be worried for this woman's well-being, and I get it. But if so, you should know that she reportedly told law enforcement that, quote, she felt no pain anymore and that God was in control, end quote. And when you look at this mugshot photo, you can see that Sloan appears to be smirking in the mugshot photo. Uh, she was taken to the Lake County Jail on a charge of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, that being the pitchfork. Uh, <clears throat> and the pitchfork itself was placed into evidence. I love that. I love knowing that somewhere in the police department <laughs> there, in evidence, there's a pitchfork. And it's interesting also that she said God was in control, but she was using the pitchfork. Isn't that a devil thing? Like, doesn't the devil use the pitchfork? Uh, and, and and it raises the question, why? Why was the devil depicted as using a pitchfork? What about a pitchfork is devilish? I'm not sure. I mean, you use it to, to move hay, right? Is there hay in hell? Just asking. I don't know. Uh, all like, of this, I, I'm confused by a lot of things. Well, like, yes. this, this is a lot to unpackage. Like, it is. And, just, it, <laughs> and it leads me to a couple of very specific questions. Is there something in the water in Florida that makes stories like this so common? You know, <laughs> what is it about the Sunshine State that makes it so fertile for crazy people? That woman you know? got gator bit. That's what yeah. we call it down here. You, you know, you may hear, gator bit. You may hear a story like this from Wisconsin or <laughs> Delaware once in a great while. But this crap happens in Florida There's all the time. Website called like a Florida man, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I don't get it, but at least it's highly entertaining. So this we'll go with that. Hilarious. So secondly, no matter what religion you may or may not belong to, why are there people out there who will do this kind of stuff and then brazenly claim stuff like God is in control? We're on a mission from God. I don't know what God she believes in, but I have yet to come across any religions or denominations where the almighty being suggests the use of a pitchfork to sell teddy bears. I'm just saying. <laughs> I haven't seen it anywhere. If it's in the Christian Bible, which I've read, it must be somewhere in Leviticus because, quite frankly, that book was really boring and I may have skipped over some of the verses about <laughs> who begat whom and so on. Uh, you know, maybe there's something in there about pitchforks, whips, and teddy bears. I guess I should probably read it again to be sure. In any case, if you feel that God is telling you to parade around outside of a grocery store with whips and pitchforks, you may want to reexamine I mean, your belief system. Does God only talk to you when you're high? Was it? Was that? Wasn't there a song? Was that Arctic Monkeys did that? Why you only call me when you're Why high? Why you only call me when you're high? <laughs> like, does that's, God only talk yeah, to you when you're high? I, I think that's a God thing too. God only talks to you when you're high. Heck, if you think God is selling you to tell sell teddy bears, you might want to question yeah. uh, what you believe and why. I'm just saying. Uh, so, reporting live outside the Publix in Claremont, Florida where I'm thinking of slashing the prices on these damn teddy bears because no one is buying them. My name is Cruz, and that is your... Drinking news, drinking news. And that's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Drinking news is what it is. and uh, and uh, But I, I thought that story was... Uh, was very Florida uh, Florida indicative, you know? Is she related to the woman with the burning muff? 
That was like oh, the, the burning bush. Sorry, the, I said muff. The, the, the burning bush. That was like the greatest drinking noise news story of the yeah, year. That was I think, pretty. So that far. was pretty good. Was pretty good. Uh, look yeah. at this bottle. This bottle is so distinctive, man. Mm-hmm. Like there's like it's this is the front of the bottle, and there's nothing on the front of the bottle, and right. it's so it's, incredibly it's just the embossed distinctive. Or, oh no, we got yeah. plenty of these. Oh, you got okay. I didn't know for sure. I was making yeah, sure yeah. We this this go. is so incredibly distinctive. Like you know. When you walk into the store and you see that little, that little flap right there, well, I will never and that forget, label. Yeah. You know, you can see it a mile away. I will never forget the first time I tasted one of these offerings. It was, it was kind of like that uh, Reserva de la Familia moment, uh, where you describe it as kind of life changing with your with regards to this oh, particular yeah. kind of beverage. I mean, just no, nothing else was ever the same after tasting the first of these, and we've had. Several years offerings of these, from dating back from before they sold to Anheuser Busch, to uh, to the last couple of years, I believe we had the 2020 mm-hmm. last year. So this is the 2021, and I'm very excited because these guys, you know, they were trailblazers. Oh, so many ways. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like you know the St. Arnold um, um, <clears throat> Divine Reserve. You know, it was such a trailblazing thing. Nobody in our area was doing that kind of brewing when those things would come out. And people would line up to buy these on the day they were released outside the the Specs or whatever uh, liquor store. Line up in line sometimes 30, 40, 50 deep yeah. just to be there to grab the first six-pack. And that's a lot like what this uh, what this is. And, and these guys really were the first to do this. And uh, Ian mentioned this earlier, but if you have not read, if you're interested in beer at all, and you have not read uh, Bourbon, bourbon, uh, bourbon, Ca- barrel, bourbon stout barrel Stout and Selling and Out. Selling out. It's a wonderful book, and it's a really nicely unbiased portrayal yeah, and, of, uh, of what the whole process It's interesting because it really highlights, I mean, mistakes were made. On both sides mm-hmm. of that fence, like big mm-hmm. time, but it highlights a lot of what goes on. Um, I don't think it's it's. Of course, it's probably a little slanted, <laughs> but I don't think it's terribly slanted. I think you get a pretty raw idea of what was going on. I think so in the industry and inside on that. One of the most telling things is when the the uh, head, um, the, the guy that owned and created uh, Goose Island. Goose Island was hanging out with uh, the the uh, brewmasters from Budweiser, and they were not even taking him seriously. Like he wasn't like he had no idea about beer. Wow! Like, can, and he could <laughs> kick their ass what in the, beer. I mean, you know what like, I'm saying? Like, talk about a sense of self that. Well, like, again, WTF, we've, man. We, we've talked about it on the show before about how they do hold internal company contests to see who can produce the most Budweisery Budweiser. That, that's nuts. That they can. Can you yeah. see? Can you see on this uh, on this screen? Can you see the writing that's actually in the bottle there at all? I can see it from it's here. Can you see super it? Can you... cool, man. Let me see if I can get just the light to get off of it on my camera there. Mm-mm-mm. Because that's really all you see. That's the front of the bottle. Yeah, you can just see it. And it's a, you see that little tag right there. That's like, you know that's Bourbon County Stout. Oh, that was good. That may have been one of our best bottle opening sound effects ever. Well, and here we are at, like, show number 291, you know? 
We've opened a, <laughs> we've opened a few bottles, we my practice. friends. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Well, I'm very excited about this because we do the, this, so you don't have to. The past entries of this uh, series have been just absolutely phenomenal, so I'm excited about it. Here we go. <clears throat> While Ian is pouring, I will. And mention, this is not an inexpensive beer. This is how much per bottle? Twelve dollars? Uh, yeah. No, it's um, ten dollars ish, somewhere in there. I think it's around fifteen. But oh, yeah. so it's more. Yeah. It's okay, so it's newest up there. Mm, but I can already smell the um, the just richness of the bourbon barrel aging on this stout. Uh, notes of vanilla, toffee, chocolate, burnt sugar, and dried fruit. Got all of that. Got all of that. It says it develops in a bottle up to five years. This is the kind of bottle you can toss in your fridge and forget about mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and let it just age and get even more like mellow and awesome. I can't wait. I got to taste it. Chicago made 2020, the original bourbon barrel. They don't even need to put that. Come on. You guys invented this stuff, man. Oh you get the OG on God, it. God, Ian, they may have outdone themselves. So good. Yeah. There's date, there's raisin, there's chocolate, there's coffee, there's vanilla. It's just like... And they all just blend together in such mm. an outstanding way. That slate charred. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oak. Mm. And a little chocolatey. Mm-hmm. Right there in coffee. Mm. And that date and raisiny stickiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a like a sticky bun. It just yeah. got has that whole vibe just like a sticky bun. It's really, really delicious. There's a dryness to the finish on this that's incredibly interesting. You get that oaky mm -hmm. dryness. Mm -hmm. As sticky and, and sweet as this is, you get that oaky dryness, and man, right. is it And it's big. The mouthfeel is big, but then it just goes almost completely away with the way the finish is, is so dry. Very, very interesting. So um, it's 14%. Of course it is. <laughs> it's really wow. big. Mm -mm -mm. So they don't put a lot of information on here at all. They say uh, brewed, barrel-aged, and bottled by uh, Goose Island Beer, Chicago, Illinois. Well, Illinois. Illinois. Bring the Illinois. Illinois. It says uh, Chicago made 2021 Imperial Stout. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. they... Uh, they outdo themselves yeah. every year with this. this. So, a... like you mentioned, though, this is not a super expensive bottle, and it is so totally worth it. Like, you guys, really, you should treat yourself to this every year. You know, you don't have to buy, like, eight bottles or anything, but buy a bottle for yourself and enjoy <laughs> it. Yeah? Seriously, it's, it's worth it. Questions slash comments. Call 1-800-GOOSE-ME. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. 1-800-GOOSE-ME. <laughs> Why is that me. awesome? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, let me share with you a few tequila cocktails since we're doing tequila stuff here uh, today. And and I just want to, you know, mm. say that these are things you might want to try and that if you are interested in them, go to uprocks.com, up, R-O-X-X.com, and you'll find the actual, uh, the actual recipes there. And that way I don't have to give you the recipe of each one of these. Uh, this is uh, tequila cocktails for uh, tequila week or tequila day. That we extend to a week. Uh, the first one is the Black Magic. It's the perfect drink for a tequila lover who loves a tequila mule but wants to take it to the next level. It uses muddled blackberries. Looks very good. In fact, I'm, I'm going to learn how to make that one. 
That just looks too good uh, to me. The El Jardinero is the next drink on the list, a cocktail inspired by farmers' intense desire of creating a cocktail as, that is uh, as healthy and equally tasty with a kick. It was invented in Miami. Uh, the Hot Lava. An essence, uh, in essence, a spicy margarita that incorporates the classic Asian flavor combination of nuttiness and spice. Mm. The hot lava sounds interesting. Uh, the cyan slam, uh, sweet, sour, spicy, and bitter with a hint of salinity. It is a clarified <laughs> milk punch using coconut milk to deliver a mild coconut flavor while remaining light and easy to drink. There's the Red Hot Mama. Are you familiar with the, the Red Hot Red Mama? Red Hot Mama. Red Hot Mama. Uh, spicy uh, tequila cocktail uh, that can actually make you sweat in the heat of summer. We don't need any of that here. No. Think. I'm just going to skip that one. Uh, the Palima. You know, I, I sat outside this morning, and it was like 90 degrees, mm -hmm. and I thought, wow, it's really nice out here today because <laughs> it's been 100 right. degrees. So there is the Palima. Uh, it's a cousin to the Paloma, a staple tequila cocktail, uh, refreshing and tasty. You say this Palima, is a, I say Paloma. This is a, a simple three-ingredient cocktail. It's a must-have, they say, on hot summer days. Delicious and easy to make. It's a no-brainer. The key here is quality tequilas and mixers with fresh-pressed juice to give it just the uh, right Right balance. Yeah, people don't use crappy tequila when you're mixing stuff. Mm -hmm. It just it, it just isn't worth it. And uh, unless you're in your twenties. Finally, there's the Juanabana. The Juanabana uh, is a cocktail featuring the most famous Mexican spirit, tequila, but infused with lemongrass that adds an uh, exponential flavor. Uh, they add a freshly prepared or freshly pureed Guanabana, a tropical fruit that carries the creaminess of banana with the kick of citrus. The combination, they say, is um, fresh and lightly floral and very, very smooth. So, so there's some uh, tequila cocktails for your uh, for your tequila week or tequila day or whatever you want to call it. I'm noticing I have just a little touch of this your, uh, your bourbon kind of stuff. Yeah, sir, it, it, it. But, but what I found interesting is even with the little touch, fix that. it just looked like it was clinging to the glass or to the cup for all it was worth. You know, it it, it knows it's about it, to go mm -hmm. to its beer destiny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't be afraid of my your, belly don't be afraid of your beer destiny that's, uh, <laughs> that's our message here at smoking and toasting well ian this has been a very interesting week in terms of tasting the tequila i think is absolutely fantastic especially for the price uh we've had the uh bourbon county stout which we really love the haze is gonna haze which we didn't really love didn't really love and it, it was uh from a brewery we do really love. very respectable, yeah. yes. And then, of course, we had the King of the Hellas, which is, I thought, one of the uh, better tasting, um, uh, one of the better tasting Pilsner lagers I've had in quite some time. Just dug it. Yeah, agreed. Mm. Hey, don't be sad. Some shows are like that. Two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> We'll take a break and be back to say goodbye. It's smoking and toasting on your uh, on your podcast device or uh, on your computer or wherever you get us. Thank you for doing so. Show number two hundred and ninety one. We will be right back. <laughs> Be 
Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Uh, it has been show number 291, which means, Ian, we're only like nine shows away from the big 300. Yeah, that's no uh, matter, just a few. No matter away. what fraction you apply to it or uh, what, you know, <laughs> what sort of uh, descriptor you use, it's only nine more shows. And so that's going to be interesting. Um, I, I wanted to mention that one of the things we haven't had a chance to cover in the news is that um, the United States appears to be reversing course on Cuba. And there's great hope that we might get back to the place where it would be lawful and allowable again to bring Cuban cigars home or perhaps even uh, get them into stores in, in the United States. Now, I'm on record as saying when that happens, I'm not saying I won't buy any Cubans, but I'm not going to switch to Cubans. I, I, I love Nicaraguan cigars and Honduran cigars and in some cases Dominican, Dominican cigars. cigars. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I see no <clears throat> real reason to change, especially given how expensive Cuban cigars have become, you know? So there are some great Cuban cigars out there, but we still operate. I think a lot of people still operate uh, under the myth that you can only get good cigars from Cuba. From Cuba, right. The, just as much as you just can only get true. good yeah. beer in Germany now. You can't get any good mm. beer here. Right. I mean, it's silly. It's It's absolutely ridiculous. And as a matter of fact, Cubans make bad cigars, too. And then on top of that, mm -hmm. you, you mm -hmm. add on the fact that they that there are so many people to capitalize on that and go, right. hey, man, we're just going to make something with that label because it's real easy to print up the label. Mm -hmm. Cubans aren't going to follow you up and try and uh, persecute you, right? Mm -hmm. um, so the bottom line is, if that happens, uh, there's a few cigars that I'd be very happy to have. Yeah. Um, but also that's going to be very price dependent because when you're talking about a $90 Cohiba, Versus a thirty-five dollar right, right, exactly. Padron. Exactly. I'm 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 on the Padron all day long. Yeah, exactly. No, it, it's a really. Good I mean, point. that's just it. You yeah. Know, there's only really so much, and, and and there's only so much that you would be willing to spend. Like, it, it's kind of like the tequilas we were talking about earlier. I'd really like to try that thousand dollar tequila, but it's not likely to happen anytime soon. Yeah. Because the, the possibility, the potential for winding up disappointed in what you spend. Yeah, is, I mean, it's too high. If you could get a Cuban uh, Partagas number four, mm -hmm. I mean, that's a great cigar. Yes, it is. If it starts topping fifteen dollars, though, nah. Yeah, I mean, you start talking about twenty dollars, and I'm going to buy that Placencia Almafuerte because, damn, that's a great cigar. Exactly, and you know. and you're hundred percent right. Yeah. Andalusian Bull, come on, Andalusian Bull at eighteen dollars yeah. or nineteen dollars. Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, come yeah on. that's expensive, but when you compare it to a Cuban, not so much, and it's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, it's been uh, it's been a, a real pleasure being able to share this program with you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of smoking and toasting. What we feel like we have meant to uh, the community of uh, of beverage and uh, craft beer and uh, cigar lovers. We appreciate you coming back here every week and being a part of this. Thanks to Keegan on the Wheels of Steel. Thanks to Adam in the Cloud. And thanks to you, my friend. Thanks I to you, I always enjoy friend. doing this with you. Mostly it's because I just like drinking with you, and this gives us an excuse to drink. <laughs> uh, and, and hopefully soon an excuse to smoke as well. Because we took it to another level. We yes, said, we you did. know what? We're not just going to drink together. We're going to do it professionally. Yes, and 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 that was an important moment. That's uh, in the that's when I knew we were going to get along. And absolutely, we do. Thank you, my friend. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for watching, smoking and toasting, and uh, we will see you next week for show number two ninety two. Mm. And until then, uh, cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all.
Yeah. <laughs>